sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message. Thank you so much. It's really good to be with you. I've been, I've been to Scotland for two months. As you can see, I've got my socks from Scotland still. I've still got them on. Um, my wife and I went to Scotland um, after stepping down from being a senior pastor after like 35 years, only, although I'm only 40, we decided to do a sabbatical. And, and, and instead of just going to sort of like MIF for, for, for two months, we, we decided to do a school of the Spirit and the Word. And it was amazing because God used it in a wonderful way for us to just connect like on a spirit level, like like never before. So we, we, we worked through the whole Bible in 40 days. So it was amazing. We, we spent with our group, we, we read through the Bible some nights. And one of the wonderful things that I can encourage you guys to do is get a few people together and go to Lavender Blue or any lacquer coffee shop, Mug and Bean, and take your Bibles with you. Don't, don't just take your, your phone, because we've all got Bibles on our phone, but take your Bibles and open them up and decide to read through a book of the Bible. Uh, like take Ephesians, take, take a script, and, and then just read it loud to one another. So you start reading at one verse one, and just read it loud. It's amazing what an effect it has. It changes the atmosphere, like... We went to, I don't know, Costas is like a lacquer coffee shop in, in England. And uh, we used to go and read there. And you would actually see people like trying to eavesdrop. But they're hearing the word. And so we would do public reading once a week. Uh, five, we would be five in a group. And we would go. Sometimes we would get on a ferry, go to an island, go to a coffee shop, open our Bibles and just read. And for two hours. You'd sit for two, I mean, not everybody has two hours in a coffee shop, but if you have, like what some people do, I know, I've seen some of you in coffee shops, so just take your Bibles. So we really had a wonderful time, um, it was amazing, and it's, it's wonderful for me to be in a new season of my life, um, after pastoring church, and, and God, has, God has called me, when I, when I got saved, um, one of the things that God spoke to me about was that he, he told me that I would be a pastor of pastors, but I, couldn't, I didn't understand that. But it's wonderful how it's now happened. And we were in Scotland at a Youth of the Mission base, and they also invited me maybe to come there once a year to actually come and just encourage the people that are in missions. And, and the Lord actually spoke to me about that, that he's called me also to encourage those that bring the word to encourage them, because a lot of times the people that are in ministry are the ones that are taking a lot of strain and, and, and nobody cares in a sense for them. So I really am excited about the fact that, that this is what God has called me for. So it's really wonderful to be here and also to teach people about relationship. God is a God. God is a relationship. I mean, he's a father, he's a son. He's the Holy Spirit. So he is, a, he is a relationship. He embodies relationship and he invites us to become relationship. He created us in his image 
I don't know if you've looked at yourself lately in the mirror, but you look like him. And he loves you. Um, big, small, doesn't matter. You know, I, I think in heaven it's going to be cool because we're all way the same. So don't worry about that. Okay. And we're most probably going to be the same age. So there's going to be no distinction. You know, um, but it's amazing that when we start looking at people from a different perspective, because you are a spirit, and you have a soul, and you live in a body. But this, this thing, this container, is it's got an expiry date. Okay, so this is going to go. But your spirit will live forever. And so when I look at you guys this morning, and I look deeper, I see your spirit. And that looks like Jesus. So I am attracted to that. And it's awesome. And that's what actually should attract you also to one another in our marriage. So in the beginning, God created man and woman. In the original Hebrew, in the, in the Afrikaans, the old Afrikaans translation actually translated it correctly. He said man and manen. It's weird. It's like God created, but the only thing that's different between women and us is that they have a womb. So they are womb men. And obviously when Adam, after God, because God made Adam, and in the Hebrew it actually means he like pressed like clay together. So it was like, just like boom. But then he formed the woman. God formed you guys. The women are, so when he woke up, what was the first word he says? He says, Whoa, man, because, because she had no clothes on either. And then the, she spoke the first Afrikaans word, and she said to Adam, Akit yo leaf, and she gave him a, a, a blar, you know, she gave him. So that was the first sort of like, Akit yo leaf, okay. Because he asked her, where is my clothes? Akit yo leaf, miniwari. I'm sure you didn't know that. Okay. So God, God decided, God in His wisdom decided to, to create man and woman to be a blessing. And marriage is supposed to be an amazing thing. Marriage is supposed to be wonderful. But it isn't always like that. And I found out that actually the Bible warns us that you know, if you want trouble, get married. But unfortunately, it, it's really, it's in the Bible. It's in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 1. You can go check it. Um, Paul says, now I will answer the questions you asked in your letter. You asked, is it best for people not to marry? And then he said, it isn't wrong to marry, even if you have never been married before. But those who marry will have a lot of trouble, and I want to protect you from this. Now, Poor Paul never got married, so he's really ignorant, I must say. But he says to you, so guys, if you have trouble, it says that you are. Okay, and that's one of the first things that I tell people when they get married, is if you're going to get married and you don't expect trouble, don't go there. Because unfortunately, you're going to have trouble. But there's a bigger picture too. Um, in Proverbs 14 verse 4, it's an interesting scripture. It says the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want to work 
The, you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. What does an ox do? A poly. No, he just he makes a mess. You have to. So if you want a if you want a clean stable, don't have an ox. If you do, if you want a clean if you want a clean life, in a sense, don't get, don't let it get messy. But it's going to get messy when you get married. But it's a good messy man. It's a wonderful thing. In Romans 12, verse 2, Paul writes, um, and I'm, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Stop imitating the world. And guys, that's the problem. When we need marriage advice, we kind of, I don't know what we do, I don't know if we watch Seven the Lawn or what we do, but some people really get their advice for marriage from some kind of stupid days of our lives kind of idea that the world is giving. But God, in his wisdom, created marriage. And in Malachi chapter 2, verse 15, God says that he created marriage so that he would have an offspring. So out of marriage, there's an offspring. There are children that come out of our marriages. And, and God says, I want, I want an offspring. I want people that look like me that will come from a marriage. And so that's why God created that. Even even if there's trouble, even if we don't always understand, God created marriage because he knew that that would be his way of creating himself over and over and over again and creating people that are filled with him. So if we know Jesus and we have children, we create a godly offspring. We create people that will, will follow him. And even, I mean, my dad, my mom and dad were divorced when I was four. So I understand how it is to, or to feel when, when, when people get divorced. I, I know it's hard. So I want to encourage those. I, I know that there are people that are sitting here. When, I was, when, I, when my mom and dad got divorced, I was like a minority at school. But nowadays, to be divorced families is so rampant. It happens. But I want to speak grace over you this morning. Just say that, you know what, there's no condemnation from the Lord. And sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes bad things happen to actually good people. You've done everything you could. You've, you've done your best. And it's, it just didn't work. And for some of you, God has given you a second chance, which is wonderful. But second time around doesn't mean there's no trouble. Sometimes it's, 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 it's like heavy. I mean... From a psychological point of view, we know that if you, especially blended families, it takes about 15 years for that blended family to be okay. Okay, because they have to work through all the stuff. That's the stuff that the ox makes, you know? But it's bad stuff. So, just, just be free. If you've been divorced, God loves you. God has a plan for your life. God, God knows um, what he's doing, and he wants you to 
to live for Him. And He wants your, your marriage to, to be a blessing to other people around you. Um, when I, when, I remember when I was four, I woke up one night and my mom and dad were having a big fight. And I walked to the room and my dad shouted at me and said, go back to bed. And I remember as a little boy that I thought, because the next day my dad left, and I thought it was my fault. Because, because I'd woken up and I and I'd got walked into their fight. And, and But you know what? God is so good because he, he healed me from that. But a lot of you are still sitting with lies, even from your past. And you know what? Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you're sitting with stuff and it doesn't even help me, I can tell you it's not your fault because lots of people told me it wasn't your fault that your mom, even my mom and dad said, listen, it wasn't your fault. But I believed it because my experience that I had left me with that impression. So I just want to for a moment, because I feel, I feel like today it's important that, that you get rid of that, that rubbish, that you get rid of those lies in your own mind. So let's just take a moment. Just close your eyes. And we just focus on just looking into the eyes of, of God, looking into His wonderful love for you. And Father, we just bring that lie to you now. That 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 that, that feeling that I I made I, I am a mistake or it was my fault. Father, I just come now, and, and even if you think about maybe previous relationship or divorce, things that you've been through, Lord Jesus, we just bring that all to you now, and thank you for freedom, thank you for release, thank you for healing in your name. I just pray, Father, I pray for a release from, from the lies of Satan. I pray for truth. I pray that your truth will come into that place. And just bring that lie to the Lord now. And just say, Lord, I just bring this lie to you. Thank you that I'm free. I speak grace over each one of you and, and a release from the past. In Jesus' name, amen. That's part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. Because I decided, kind of decided that divorce is not good for children. It's not good for people. So I want to try and help people. But I'm telling you now that I've also helped people to get divorced because sometimes people want to kill each other or there's somebody, somebody may be married to some kind of killer. So you want to try and get that person away from the psychopath. I've done that. But for me, I want to fight for marriage as far as I can because it's a good thing because God made it. So how, how does marriage, how do, how do we make this work? Because Two different people from different backgrounds come together and all of a sudden this, this table gets dirty because we are different. How, how do we do this? How do we, how do we live a life with two different people? And, and I'm sure that you guys have watched many videos on the difference between a man and a woman and, and, and we know that the main... Us men are very organized. We've got little boxes in our head. 
They are very organized. And the problem is that we have a box that's called the nothing box. There's nothing in there. Um, and the women know that. You come and your husband is watching TV and he's got the remote, but he's flipping channels. And you say, what are you watching? Nothing. What does this person say? Nothing. It's like, I don't know. I'm just sitting here. I'm just in this place of perfect nothingness. And, I, and, and your wife kind of think, what the heck? Can I come into this little place? Can I come to your nothing? No. It's nothing. There's nothing there. You're not even supposed to come into this place. But it looks so lacquer because it's like you're deep in the cave and I can see your candle there. I want to come there. No, sorry, it's nice here. I want to just, just want to be on my own. Like, and, and women can't understand that because their brain is like, it's so connected. Everything's connected. But we don't even want our little boxes to touch. And then God comes and he puts these two people together and it's like, whoa. What the heck, you know? Uh, this is just so difficult. And, and, and why, husband, why can't you remember when I tell you stuff? It's like, I told you, like, to do this. You know, I, I, I said, remember to put out the trash. Or, remember to, to do whatever. And, and sometimes you women think that when you've told us once, then it's over. It's not over. Okay, you must tell us again, please. We need to be reminded. You know what? And I've been so encouraged because God says that we should remind Him. So don't be so rude and think if you say once, then it's over. Please remind us. And we need to remind. And the same for the men. Please remind your wife that you love her. Don't be like that woman who said, I told her I loved her when I got married the day and that was it. No, it's not it. You need to remind her that she's special. You need to remind her that she's beautiful. I, I've been married for 34 years. Because I'm a good husband, I told my wife this morning she could sleep because we're still jet lagging a bit. But what a wonderful thing to be married and to remind each other of the good things that are, that are inside of us. Don't, don't just remind your husband or your wife about the bad stuff. Start reminding them about why did I fall in love with you? You know? Look, uh, we know women are very, you're always looking at your outside. And our men also look at your outside. Your husband hopefully looks at your outside and thinks that you're beautiful. But you're always thinking that you're not good enough. And it's, it's important for us men to just remind your wife that she is beautiful and that you love her. And like, I mean, my wife has, when I got married, I mean, I can't get into my suit that I got married in. She's got much more than she bargained for. Um, <laughs> and it happens. Where's Yaz, a newly married man? And I can see you've become bigger since I met you. And, and I mean, but you're a bigger person. Because we want, you want to be a bigger Christian, like me. Okay. We change. Guys, this body is changing. And sometimes, you know, but we can be so sidetracked by, by focusing on the wrong stuff. Instead of looking deeper. Because remember what I said just now. 
you are a spirit. You have a soul, and by the way, you live in this container. And this container will change, but don't spend so much time on your container that your spirit goes... You can spend a lot of time on this container. Yesterday morning, we were walking the park run, and because in Scotland... We, we stayed in the, in, in the base and they made the most wonderful food and we had tea times and they were just feeding us because they were good people, good Scottish people. Obviously, you, you, because you eat a lot and you don't, we, we did a lot of exercise. I actually, just to say that I cut that whole base's grass for them. So I was busy. I worked hard. I got all my vitality points on my phone and on my watch and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So... But we ate more, and, and we became a bit like bigger Christians, okay? So we were walking behind an old tunny. Not that we're not so old, but we, we're not that old. I mean, 50 is the new 30. So, so we're walking behind this tunny. She's, she's most probably in a deep in her 70s, 80. But she's skinny. I said to her, listen, Karin, this is what you're going to look like eventually. So don't be so worried about Whatever is bothering you now about your body. Because things change. Don't, don't get so focused on that. I, I've got my bubble in the middle, so I'm balanced, and I'm full gospel, and all those wonderful things that we can say. But we, we, we are going to change. But this is not it. Because we are created for eternity. Everybody that is sitting here, you are going to live forever. Good news. Everyone. It's just your destination. So hopefully all of us will be together in the New Jerusalem and we will have an awesome time and we'll have good laughs about how much time we spent on this little container instead of being a spirit. And I want to encourage you to, in the morning when you wake up, you and your wife together can do it. Just make this declaration and say, say to your body, body, you're a good servant, but a bad master. I submit you under the Holy Spirit and my spirit today. Mind, you're a good servant, but a bad master. I submit you under the Holy Spirit and my spirit today. Will, will, you are a, you're a good will. You, you, you're good. Well, you are good. You're a good servant, but a bad master. And, but I submit you under the Holy Spirit and my spirit. And then emotions. Oh my word, emotions. You're such a good servant, but a bad master. I submit you under the Holy Spirit and my spirit today. You are going to walk in obedience to what the Lord wants today. So all of a sudden, now when I leave home, my spirit leaves first. My spirit walks in front. Your spirit was first. I don't know if you know that. They are found with, with test tube babies. When, they, when the, the sperm and the, and the egg come together, there's a spark. Psh! There's actually a little, little light that goes on. They see it. You can actually see it. That's your spirit. So your spirit goes before. Your spirit was there long before, and then when you come out of your mother's womb, then your soul only starts. Then, well, in your mother's womb, your, 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 your soul, your mind starts growing. Your, 
you, you can start hearing stuff, but your spirit is the start. And when you die, your spirit goes to heaven. And your body stays behind. So, it's just a body. This is just... And, and we should celebrate more at funerals than cry because your spirit is in union with Christ. I mean, it's sad when somebody dies, but that's your destination. just want to remind you, that's where you're going. Okay? You know, everybody wants to, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Unfortunately, if you want to go to heaven, you'll have to die eventually. So, this container's going to die. Okay? Let me give you, let me just give you a few things what I, what I have found that works for us in our life, in, in our marriage. I, I have found that actually the best, the best marriages is where you have two dead people. Okay. And not literally dead, because husbands don't be dead. Be alive in Christ. But it's dying to my own self. So most probably, if, if I, would, I would give you advice today, I would say for you to, to, to be the best husband or the best wife that you can be, just decide this morning to die again, to die to yourself. Look what uh, Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2. And he says, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God. But he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantage and that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human and it was, on, it was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Jesus, Jesus never gave himself privilege, the privilege of the fact that he was God. And if Jesus can become a slave, why can't we? Why can't we die to ourselves? Why do you always have to be right? Why? Because that's your sinful nature. That is your emotions. That's your will. That's your mind in action instead of your spirit. Because your spirit is always obedient to Christ. Your spirit is incorruptible. That's the good news, guys. Your spirit is incorruptible. It cannot, it cannot be affected by circumstances or this world because your spirit is connected to God. The problem is if you live from your soul all the time, if you make all your decisions with your emotions, you're going to be like this, man. You're going to be out of control. But if the spirit is leading and God has given you emotions, but you can use your emotions in, in, in the right way. So just Make a choice to die in yourself. Say, I'm going to die to, to myself. I'm not going to control. I'm not going to always want to be right. You know what, guys? That a lot of times, you are actually are right. So what? Why should, I, 
Why should I win the fight and lose a relationship? Just die. Ladies, die to yourself. You don't always know what the right thing is or the answer is. We need to die to ourselves. We have that same attitude. And it's interesting that, that in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus speaks about blessed, uh, the Greek word is beautiful. It's, it's the word makarios. It's actually a good word to remember. Makarios means three times happy. Three three times. Makarios, blessed. Three times happy is, is the person that, 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 that trusts in the Lord. Or uh, in Matthew 5 verse 3, it says, Blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward condition. You see, that makarios means that um, in, in Afrikaans, it's wel geluk salig. So it's like three wel, wel geluk and salig. So there's three aspects. It's, it's makarios. It's three times happy. So my blessedness, my happiness, is not because of what I see. But how much of our life we spend being happy because, okay, I'm happy because you're happy. I feel lacquer because everything's lacquer. No, I'm happy because I, I live from my inside out. I'm not a thermometer. Don't be thermometers, man. Don't be the murin because everybody else is the murin. Don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. It's, why, why are we, and again, let's go get back to Romans 12. Why are we so affected? Why have we become like the world? Okay, if you give, I will give. If you're good enough, I will bless you. That's not, that's the world. If I've died to myself, and, I'm, and I live in a makarios lifestyle in my marriage and in my life anyway, then I don't live like a thermometer, because if it's hot, I'm going to be hot. If it's cold, I'm going to be cold. We need to become thermostats. Thermostats controls the environment. And spirit living is thermostat living. Because I'm living from the inside. I know him. He's inside of me. I'm living from that wonderful place. And so imagine a marriage where we both are thermostats instead of thermometers. Because it's easy to say to you that you've made a mistake. It's very easy because I can see it. You know, I can see mistakes. I can even read some of you this morning and show you your mistakes if I wanted to, but I don't. Because I'm not a thermometer. That's not who I am. And, and I can even in the spirit sometimes see things over people's lives. But you know what, what happens when I, when I start speaking to people? All I can do is bless them and love them because that's how God feels about you. He doesn't see all your rubbish. He's not intimidated. You said it this morning. God is not intimidated by sin because Jesus dealt with that sin. He's not intimidated by the fact that the dustbin has not been put out. But sometimes we are. And we just have to just sometimes just say, you know what? What is really important? The important thing is that I want to love you. Let me just give you a few B attitudes. Okay, be nice. Very easy. Just be nice. Wake up in the morning and be nice. If you're not nice, go on your knees and submit your emotions before the Lord. 
We always say, I, I say that to my children. Well, my children are grown up now. Two of them come here. And I say to them, if you, I see a means for VS. Where's not the lack of means, you know? If you want to be a means, VS, be a nice person. Just be nice. Just be kind. Be content. Contentment is a scary thing. I mean, I sit in our garden and I think, oh, Lord, thank you for this wonderful home that we have. Look at our grass. Look at this. This is so cool. Then I open a garden and home. And I read through this magazine and I think, oh my word, what a pit. Look at this place. It's rubbish. You understand. Be content. Contentment is, again, it's something that's in the inside. It's not something that's going to come from the outside. So if you are wanting your wife to make you happy, stop it. Be happy from the inside. That's where your happiness comes from. And because I'm happy, she's going to be happy. And because he's happy, I will be happy because we're living from the inside out, not the outside in. So be content. Be connected. Connect with one another. But also connect with people around you that, that are full of the Spirit and love marriage. Be clear in your talking. Be, make sure that the other person is hearing what you are saying. Be patient. A lot of us aren't patient. I told you yesterday you should do this. Hello? For God, one day is like a thousand years. <laughs> so, or, I told you six months ago, and I'm going to keep on telling you, But we need to be patient with each other. Guys, marriage is, is like a dance. It's, it's, it's like a dance. Just enjoy, the, enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy just the presence of the Lord in your marriage and, and, and dance. Just enjoy the process of this wonderful thing that God has given you. So if you want to be happy, for the rest of your life. Live from your spirit. Don't let your emotions, your will, or your mind control anymore. Live from the spirit and be dead. Die to yourself. All those wonderful things that, that you think that you are right about, just throw them down at Jesus' feet. Because one day, you know, all our good works are like filthy rags. So, when you love well, when you love your wife well, you are blessing the Father. You are blessing the Father. Because Jesus is the bridegroom and we are the bride. So God understands marriage. He actually says that I want you to understand this because this is my relationship with you. And sometimes the bride needs to grow up. Because the bridegroom is ready to get the bride, but sometimes the bride, us as the church, we need to we need to grow up. So I want to encourage you to love well. And I want to encourage you to, to die to yourself. You are not the more you die, actually the more you live. The, the, that scripture that says, I am crucified with Christ, Galatians two twenty. 
Nevertheless, I, I live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life I now, now live, I live in relationship to this, to him who gave himself for me. So I am dead. So I want you guys to leave here today, dead to the old stuff. Let that rubbish go. Let that stuff go and, and, and allow the Lord to, to make you one, to, to connect you together. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.